Welcome to Mom Fashions, an honest discussion about the beauty and burden of motherhood. I'm Emily. And I'm Beth. And we hope these next few minutes encourage, inspire, and remind you that we are all in this together. This is Mom Fashions, a Fort Worth Moms production. Episode 41, Moms and Mental Health. Hello, Mom Fashions listeners. It is Emily here, and Beth and I are going to have a chat today. We are talking about a very important issue, moms and mental health. I think mental health was one of the buzzwords in 2020, and it's hanging around for 2021. So we're going to dive into that topic today. I do want to give a bit of a disclaimer to state that, uh, yeah, we are not medical health professionals, mental health professionals, I should say, or medical. (laughs) The following discussion is just between two moms. We're going to be talking about our own mental health journeys. I want you to hear me. If you are experiencing mental health challenges, please contact your doctor, a family member, or a friend. Just talk to someone and start your path to help. Okay, Beth, I know women's mental health is a topic near and dear to your heart. Um, You've even shared in some past episodes about your journey through postpartum issues. So I have some questions. I just want to toss your way to get us started here. Okay. First one. You ready? Here it goes. When did the whole notion of like mental well-being begin for you? Yes, I do talk a lot about specifically postpartum mental health because that was a that was a big issue for me in becoming a mom. And I'll be honest, this episode feels like it's going to be um, really raw for me because my own mental health battles haven't just involved motherhood. And in fact, I'm kind of in the middle of one right now. Mm -hmm. And so as much as I am an advocate for, you need to talk about it, you need to be open about it, people need to hear about this, we need to raise awareness. I am feeling my my own nervousness even about sharing openly right now. And so if you're listening and that's you, um, know that you are not alone in that, even for me. So to answer your question, when I was a senior in high school, I remember something about the way that I was acting changed. And I remember my mom saying something to me about like, like I remember I was just, I was acting out more. I was being more extroverted than I really had been. And I remember my mom saying like, you know, this just doesn't, it doesn't seem like you. You just seem different somehow. And I just kind of blew it off because I was having fun and it was, I felt like I was, you know, I was enjoying life at the time. But shortly after, I kind of crashed into like a pretty bad depression. Ended up going on medication. And I mean, as a teenager, you have a lot of mood swings and hormones and emotions anyways, but... um, What? (laughs) No. Not you, just me, obviously. And not my children, surely. (laughs) We're not there yet, but I have three girls, so 
I am counting the days. <laughs> it is coming. Winter is coming. <laughs> so it really, I think at that point was when I realized that this is more than more than just something you can overcome with positive thoughts or for me, um, or picking yourself up, you know, picking yourself, putting up. your big girl panties on, yes, pulling up the bootstraps, yeah, yes, or even you know, in in my belief system, even like having faith, you right. know, yeah. trusting God. These things that are all good and well, you know, they're they're good things, but there was something else that felt very out of my control that was controlling me mm-hmm. and how I thought and how I responded to the world. So since that time, I've um, been on and off antidepressants like for 20 years. You know, there was a time early in my marriage where they changed my medication and I remember I was just numb. I was just like catatonic. And I remember just sitting in the car feeling like there was just nothing. Like I was just nothing. I was just a shell. I've walked through this and have been diagnosed with um, depression and anxiety and um, a form of OCD. And then when I had kids, you know, after my first, I really felt fine for a while and then had severe postpartum depression where I was um, hallucinating and, and we've discussed that before. So it is an on, it's an ongoing battle for me and something that as a mom, I think about on a daily basis for my children, you know, and for their own mental health and for for how they will remember me. What do you mean by that, for how they will remember you? So, um, and I'll just be really honest. So right now, I think uh, with the circumstances we've been in, 2020 has been hard for everybody. Heck yes. And then, you know, there's something called seasonal affective disorder. So during the winter, it's just if you struggle with depression or if you don't, simply because the sunlight is different, you know, it affects your mood. And um, I struggle more with depression towards the end end of winter. So a combination of things and just hormonal changes. I struggle on a daily basis to connect with my kids to be present, to not um, shut down simply because I feel tired mentally, emotionally, and physically. Mm-hmm. So you feel like you want to retreat I do. or escape. I do. Or, yeah. 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 And I get that. Yeah. And I, I know, like, I know that I'm not alone in that. You know, I think that as moms, there is that level of like, we are pouring out all the time. But there is a fear, there is a genuine fear in me that my children will think back on their childhood and think, man, mom just slept a lot. Or I wish my mom had hugged me more. Or mm-hmm. I wish we had played. Like, I I worry about that. And And I fully recognize that I maybe have an unrealistic expectation of what it means to be, quote unquote, a good mom. Yeah. That we all have that ideal lady in our head. Yes. And we, yours might look different than mine, but we we grade ourselves on that ideal lady's performance. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. I mean, I want them to look back and feel like they had an opportunity to have a relationship with me and vice versa. And and so that is on my mind every day when it's a struggle to get out of bed and when it's a struggle to connect um, emotionally and interpersonally 
then, you know, I think about those things. You know, my story with like mental health challenges, Mm -hmm. you know, I've talked about on past episodes that I come from abuse and dysfunction. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it's hard for me to like put a knife and slice. Mm -hmm. What is trauma related? What is maybe my brain would have been atypical in this way, no matter what, you know, like, how do you sort and slice all that out, which would be quote, unquote, trauma issues, and then quote, unquote, medical, mental health differences that you could categorize. It's hard for me to label or identify anything because it feels like a salad of things, you know, for me. But definitely, I had a change and a big shift where I relate to you to where like it was not in my control. And it was almost if it was some foreign person that now was a part of my psyche, like that was living with me. And I was trying to get to know when like death and grief entered my life. My dad passed away when I was 29. My mother passed away three years later. The year after that, my, grand, my last living grandmother died. And then in the middle of that, I had two first cousins murdered. How crazy is that? Oh, my gosh. And then kind of like the pinnacle of all this was... Three years after my mother died, one of my best friends died suddenly from cancer. And grief in the healthiest of people is like a wild animal you can't control. It will do to you what it wants, when it wants. And you can try to manipulate it to be otherwise. And so... When my mother died, she died unexpectedly in a house fire. So I just get the phone call one day that she's dead and that it was a house fire. and She died in the house. From that moment on, I've struggled with panic attacks. I never had a panic attack before then. After my friend passed away, the first several months of my youngest life, she was six weeks old when my friend died. I don't really remember. I, there's images there and stuff, but I just floated through that, like not even connecting to people at all. And, you know, ultimately I ended up on some antidepressant medication a few months later <laughs> because, like, I was just in a really bad spot panic attacks every night, not any ability to be even like, you know, like I can't even remember my life then, like what happened or what I did or, I mean, it's this really strange sensation. All of that also kind of helped me understand with aging and wisdom and the experience you get from going through tough things, that mental health is just not something for people who are diagnosable. Is Mm -hmm. that even a word? Mm -hmm. That just like every person needs to care for their physical health, Mm -hmm. 
right? Every person needs to care for their mental health. And just like our physical bodies have really different needs from each other, like genetically, you look different than I do. I bet like you have maybe weaknesses in your body that I don't have and vice versa, right? Like I have no weakness. I have genetic high cholesterol. You may not, you know. <laughs> like I don't know why, and you can talk forever about this, like why our culture focuses around like it's okay to have physical health regular checkups and maintenance, and we talk about exercise. You know, we should do all those things. But mental health support is only for people, like, is only for letting myself or even, like, the people around me, letting me get to a point to where I don't remember six months of my life. And so from that point on, it's been an evolution for me of learning that, my mental health might even be more important than my physical health. Don't tell anybody. You know? <laughs> I know. I'm telling everybody. Yeah. That's, yeah, yeah, that's the truth. Yeah, and that it's not something I only address when I'm in a bad spot. Mm-hmm. In talking to different professionals in the field, like I've heard stories about people who like lose actual physical abilities, like to walk or to see or things like that because of trauma or stress or mental health issues. You know, I'm personally in a place right now where I will hit a wall and I will be able to sleep for 17 hours and not be able to function. Like I feel like I'm walking with a wet blanket over my Mm -hmm. head and it is a physical manifestation of what is going on with my mental health. And so for us to skip over that part and try to diagnose physical issues that maybe we can never figure out. We're missing such a such a big part yeah, of but, our health as humans. Right, because we're a whole body. Yes. We're not separated from yes. our thoughts and emotions. And and also just recognizing the fact that our brain controls a lot more than my heart beating. It also controls how I feel. Yeah. It controls how much I sleep. Mm-hmm. And there are ways that our brains might work differently because of stress or because it's made that way or because somehow you've entered a season and like your hormones and your chemical production has shifted, right? And then these are not dichotomous topics. This episode is brought to you by Fort Worth Moms, an online parenting resource to encourage and inspire moms in North Texas and all over the world. I appreciate and admire that you are admitting that you are in a hard season to function, mm-hmm. you know, right now. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if this is a question you could even answer, but like how has from the time you were that teenage girl mm-hmm. until now, I won't reveal your age. <laughs> um, Thank you. Like, how have you evolved about that? Okay, so here you are, and you're acknowledging that this is happening, and you're living it. What do you think about it, and what are you doing about it? I think having major postpartum kind of crisis in my mental health helped me um, to evolve a lot in the way that I thought about it. Whereas before, it was kind of just something that was happening, and I was just medicating and doing what I needed to do. Um, now, um, after having children and having seen, okay, with my first one, um, 
how I needed to handle my health from that point on and being able to be proactive with my second and third child about how we handled my mental health. That evolved from this is a singular issue that you medicate for and you hope for the best to this is something that you may deal with your whole life. And um, if that is the case, then you need to be proactive all of the time about how you handle it. You know, like I said, I I have been on medication since I had my third child. Mm -hmm. I've stayed on medication since then. It's just become part of my routine. That is something that, you know, I may take forever. And that's just, if I had a thyroid issue, I would take my thyroid medicine every day. Absolutely. The other things are, I'm not great at it, but I work hard to make sure that I have um, time for myself during the day, because that's a big factor for me is having time on my own, you know, and that may mean that my kid that's still at home, she plays on screens for an hour and a half, two hours, so that I can sit and read and journal and work through some of the things going on with my body right now. And um, I'm also seeing a counselor, which is phenomenal. And I highly recommend it. I know that it can be hard to find a good one. And I have had bad experiences in the past, but I encourage anybody who has been to a counselor and not had a good experience, but still needs to see one, um, keep looking. You'll find one. There, There are awesome therapists and counselors out there. Yeah. Sometimes it just takes some time to find one. And then I think being honest about it, and asking for and accepting help when I need it and just sending out even a text to some of my friends and saying, I'm having a really hard day. Can you just pray for me today? Mm-hmm. Or can you take my kid for an hour? Just anything. I'm blessed to have a community around me that will just drop off coffee on my porch or at least encourage me when I'm honest, but I have to make myself be honest about it. So yeah, I think it has evolved in that I'm more aware of my needs. I'm more aware of the holistic aspect of it. It's not just medication, but it's making sure that I exercise. It's making sure that I get out of the house on those days when I need to put on real clothes and, you know, not be staring at the walls of my home to little things, making sure that I have time to read and to journal and to do -hmm. what I need to do. And being okay with the fact that my house is a disaster all the time because it's like, well, there are some things that are going to fall through the cracks when you yeah. prioritize your mental health. And that's just one of them for me. So There is no person alive that can raise children, manage a household, mm-hmm. work a job, be a wife, be a sister, be a daughter, be a friend, clean a house, mm-hmm. keep the weeds out of your yard. Decorate your house for holidays. Like, no person can do all of those things and have them done on deadline. And I mean, like, Mm -hmm. that's just a heap of. Yeah. Heap alive, you know, <laughs> but but it's that ideal lady, right? It that is. your ideal lady, yes. she has her house clean. Yes, and I think I think that we do as women, especially, we prioritize we prioritize our lives, right? And as humans, we do. We decide what are the things we're going to pour time into mm-hmm. and energy. And I think that 
we as a society need to move mental health farther up on the list. And a tidy house needs to move further oh down the list. I'm so, <laughs> I have a lot of shame about my house, but I am also you at the shouldn't. point where I don't, I don't have enough energy to no, have shame anymore, uh-uh. let, let, alone, let alone keep up with it. But yeah, it's a, uh, it's just one of those things that, you know, it is, it is not high on the priority list mm-hmm. right now yeah. in my life. Okay. So someone's going to like call in or send me an email and punch me for this, but here, here goes. Okay. I also, you know, in the last few years have thought a lot about how I can sort of fill my cup, you know, like how I can really rest, like what is actual rest for me? So you were saying like you sacrifice a tidy house for it. I sacrifice sleep, Ooh, right? And uh-huh. this goes against anything you've ever read or because they were like sleep is like the number one thing you yeah. need to be getting for your mental health. But I will, on days that I'm not doing well, I stay up later after everyone goes to bed sometimes for upwards of two hours after everybody's gone to bed. And I watch dumb TV. That's awesome. I watch whatever show I want. Like, I like crime shows, and I also like Say Yes to the Dress. Like, I'm all (laughs) over the place, right? It is more beneficial to me in the long run and then in turn to my children Mm -hmm. when I have had that time alone even though I lost two hours of sleep at night. But I don't do well when I start in the morning and I get the kids to school, I go sit down at my desk, and I work through my lunch. I work through any food situation because I have more work than time. Mm -hmm. I stop. I go pick up my children. I feed them. We do homework. I become a referee. I make dinner. And during the pandemic, there's no husband home right? Yeah. So yeah, like cleaning up, getting both kids. We're doing alternating showers, making sure our backpacks are done. Got to pack the lunch, get out our clothes for tomorrow, referee some more things. And then hopefully by eight o'clock, people are in bed Mm -hmm. and a husband may or may not be home at this point. (laughs) And then like the next two hours are well, I got to get Valentine's for the Valentine's Day party. Next week's my nephew's birthday. When's Miss Lisa coming again? I need to send her some dates for March. You know, it's like all of those. Or just going around picking up all the laundry and the shoes. Yeah, and no, the, I don't yeah. do that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't play. <laughs> I, I don't either. I'm just saying I know there are women that do. <laughs> I have more comfort about leaving that around, I think, maybe. And yeah, I'm like, no, after 8 o'clock, I'm not really picking up anything. Yeah. I pick stuff up while dinner's cooking and that, like, that kind of thing. I'll kind of go yeah. around because it's an active time for me. And so... I haven't, like, ever stopped. And when I am going, I'm, like, tense and tight and going. Like, I'm on. If just going to bed, even though I get more sleep, it's like I never actually come out of it. Mm -hmm. And I would be more prone to have a panic attack in the middle of the night Mm -hmm. if I just finish the Valentine's gifts, send Amazon purchase for my nephew for next week, take a shower and go to bed then, like at 10, it's dumb to say, but for this stage of my life, that's less healthy for me than watching Say Yes to the Dress Mm -hmm. for two episodes and then going to bed when the house is quiet. Yeah. 
You know, I don't think that's dumb. Like, I think you've said that a couple times, that that's a silly thing because you're giving up sleep. But you know your body, and you know that this is this is what keeps you healthy, you mm-hmm. know, that you have this wind-down time in the evening to be able to not feel like you've just, like, rinse, repeat every single day over and over yes. again, you know? Yes. Um, for me, I definitely like my sleep, but um, one of the things, and we may get an email about this, mm-hmm. I promise she likes it, but one of the things I've been doing since my kids are back in school, my two oldest are back in school, but my three-year-old is still home, mm-hmm. and between working from home and just keeping up with like my own kind of stuff, as well as a three-year-old who can literally narrate her entire life. Oh, good. Um, I don't know where she gets being so verbose from. It's <laughs> obviously her father. But, yeah, she she is just – she's constant noise and movement and need. Mm-hmm. And so um, about an hour, an hour and a half before I have to go pick up her sisters, we've made it our daily thing right now where – I will lay down on the couch and she tucks in behind my legs and we put a big blanket over her and she has the iPad and she has a little tent and we get to snuggle and I get to turn on my, um, what she calls my scary show. It's really just that 911. Um, <laughs> that's really that's my That's my vice right now is 911. Mm-hmm. But I turn that on and so I watch my show and she watches hers under the blanket and we snuggle and we both get some time to ourselves. Yeah. And it's fantastic mm-hmm. because then I can go and pick up her sisters and be ready for that second half of the day push. That's the part that gets me because I'm like, oh, if I'm that's... burnt out by 3 o'clock, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm done. Oh, I'm and be... it gets like the most intense part of the day mm-hmm. is yeah. from pickup until bedtime. It is. It is harder than my work hours. Yes. I'm going to tell you right now. I agree. I agree. And if I feel like I either haven't had some downtime or or some productive time in those few hours that we get during the day, then, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's hard. As we were talking, I was thinking back to, you know, we had um, Dr. Irwin here with us Mm -hmm. a few episodes back. And in that episode, we're talking about women's health in terms of, like, your reproductive system. Mm -hmm. But she said something that has stuck with me in that no one cares about your health more than you. It's difficult for physical health. I think it's exceptionally difficult for for mental health issues and emotional struggles is that it still applies and that you can't wait for somebody to come rescue you, Mm -hmm. right? And when you are feeling all those ways, whatever your struggles are, you know, you you have to do opposite of what you feel like, right? You yeah. want to retreat and you feel really negative about yourself or you have just like tendencies that send you into wanting to control things that make no sense, and, you know, like all that stuff. Like I wish I could say, oh, someone's going to come in and help you, mm-hmm. you know, like, but like, it takes just some determination and some courage. You don't have to know how to fix yourself, Mm-mm. but nobody's going to care about your health as much as you do, right? Yeah. And you've got to be the one that says, 
I'm having a bad day. Mm -hmm. And you keep saying you're having a bad day until somebody helps you. And and then somebody can help you try to figure that out and, and try to figure out what might could help you have better days, you know? Yeah. yeah, because if you don't say it, nobody can know, mm-hmm. you know? If you feel like you're drowning, you know, you've got to throw your hand up and say, gosh, I need some help. And that is sometimes the hardest and bravest thing that we can do for our mental health. Yeah, and it doesn't have to be perfect courage no. or perfect and complete strength. It's yeah. just got to be a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, find a little bit in yourself. Yeah. yeah. Okay, What last question. What would you say to a friend or family member? So we're kind of switch it away. So like what if your sister or your best friend sends you the text that says, I'm having a bad day, mm-hmm. or you're starting to notice there are a consecutive bad days. Like, we're, we're having a bad day stretch here. Or you just feel like something's not right, kind of like your mom said. This just doesn't, like, seem like you, you know? Like, what would be your advice? How do you walk along somebody who you're like, I know something isn't right here, mm-hmm. and I'm... I'm here to help. Yeah. You know, and I think along with a lot of other things, there's not a perfect answer for that either because it will depend on the relationship and how much of a right you've earned to really inject yourself into personal matters. But if you are on the receiving end of one of those SOS texts, respond and encourage and offer to help. They might shoot you down over and over, but offer to help show up with a favorite beverage, you Mm -hmm. know, or just check in, check in the next day and say, hey, how's it going today? Honestly, there is so much healing that happens when you can get stuff out of your head. So being a person that listens and you don't have to have the answers. None Mm -hmm. of us have the answers. But if you can be a person that sits and gives them a cup of coffee and says, all right, what's going on with you? And then you just sit and listen and let them brain and emotion dump, then yeah. like that's that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Don't you think like some of the most powerful words are, I believe you. Yeah. I believed you when you sent me the text that you're having a bad day. And I believe you that you don't want to get out of bed. You know, like mm-hmm. being believed is a good feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. it feels like you're seen and you're valued and you're heard. And that makes a difference. Yeah. What about for you with the panic attacks? Because if those are happening in the middle of the night, how do you reach out for help in those situations? Well, at least for me, my panic attacks aren't logical. And because they are sort of associated with sleep as well, I also feel like I'm in a in-between stage. So this is what a panic attack looks like for Emily. I wake up. And my heart's beating really fast, and I have pressure in my chest. And I think crazy things, like if I turn my head to the left, I'm going to start stop breathing. Oh. If, like, I feel like I'm smothering, I'm going to have a heart attack and nobody's going to know it. Mm. Like, just suddenly, like, this is a panic attack. It is like I'm suddenly panicked. Yeah. Right, And I have the physical manifestation of being panicked. Some things I learned to do is I would talk to myself before I went to bed, 
And I would just say, I am not having a heart attack. My heart is fine. I'm having a panic attack. And it means that I'm really upset deep down somewhere. And I may not even articulate, like I can't even know it sometimes, but this is how it's coming out for me. This is my subconscious telling me that I'm upset and something's bothering me. And so I talk to myself. I try to reason with myself before <laughs> I go to sleep. And it it does actually like help me. And then I have found that if I can get Brian to touch me, mm-hmm. like just grab, even if he's asleep, I can grab his hand and like put it on my face. <laughs> like something about like his touch, the human touch, like sort of deflates it. Yeah. And then it, it's like a... It jars me out of it mm-hmm. in a way. Like, I have no control over it. There's yeah. no, like, I can't predict. Yeah. You know, like, I can try to do these things to kind of, like, help me cope with them better and try to, you know, try to work through and address things mm-hmm. that I feel and think and not let them build up. But there's some things, some seasons are so hard, you know, it takes a while to work through it. You know, it's not like one counseling session and then, mm-hmm. oh, I'm, I'm okay with that now. <laughs> you yeah. know, that's not how it yeah. works. I like that you brought up the not necessarily reasoning with yourself because a lot of it, you're right, it doesn't feel rational. It's like I am not being rational in this mm-hmm. moment. And you know it, but you can't But it feels it. real. It feels right. real. So it's a matter of what you yes. feel and what you think. Yes. Yeah. And sometimes they're different, but you're they experiencing are. them equally. Yes. Yes. And so, but yeah, I'm learning the, um, honestly, just the power of speaking truth mm-hmm. into the areas that mm-hmm. you know, you know your body's response is contrary to what the truth is. And so being, um, that's something that I'm learning is being proactive and preemptive. Um, you know, just affirmations. It was um, Stephanie uh, oh, yeah. last time mm-hmm. or two episodes ago who talked about the affirmations with her kids. Yes, I love that. Me I too. Have do, I've been putting affirmations mm-hmm. in my kids' lunchboxes since then. Yes, and I just think how how many times a day do our kids hear lies about who they are mm-hmm. from the world around them? And if we can just be telling them from the beginning, no, baby, this is who you are. Right. You know, it's the same thing. You speak that truth because the lies are always going to be there, right? Mm-hmm. So if we can speak that truth into situations ahead of time, then yeah. we can kind of, we can help ourselves. We can build up a tolerance. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that's been a good tool. Um, and yeah, my husband has the same effect where if I wake up um, stressed or or anxious, I just have to like touch him on the back and it's mm-hmm. like, okay. And it is just that grounding mm-hmm. of another human, regardless of, Of if you have someone in the middle of the night, that's why it's important to reach out to somebody else and say, I just, I need you to ground me for a minute, you know? A hug to someone. Oh, man, just a good hug. Although COVID ruins everything. There are exceptions. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And, And you know what? Like, we say that in jest. But that has a lot to do with why mental health is a 
you know, popular word during all this because we've lost so much connection, not just verbally and face to face, but with touching, hugging people we love. It means something. You even think about, you know, like autistic spirals, you know, autism is kind of in my family. Like one of the things you do is you sort of like you lock them in, you kind of trap them in this huge hug with your feet around them, your arms around them. And that is a part of helping them come out of the spiral. Yeah, it's grounding, that human Mm -hmm. connection. Okay, well, I think we're out of time. Yeah. That was a good talk. Yeah. We'll talk about it again. I'm sure we will. All right, bye. As always, visit fwmoms.com to see the notes from this show, including links to products and content mentioned in this episode. And one more time, just in case you missed it, fwmoms.com. Fort Worth Moms.